brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. Moen, we talk so much about the offense. We've been doing that actually all calendar year. And it's almost like we assumed, not without cause, that this defense was just going to be, oh, the defense, they're fine. They're, they're good. First half happens in Cincinnati. And then we go, whoa, they're not good. They're like yeah. Hall of Fame, they're all of them. Right, still okay. curtain. <laughs> where where are they now? What are they? Uh, I feel like they're struggling for air in a sense, almost with how the wear and tear of the season has been. the The amount of players that have been in and out of the lineup, the amount of different bodies you've had to use in the secondary up front, the trio that you've had at linebacker, trying to figure out what's Terrell Edmonds' role. Uh, seeing Mika, Mika perform in a sense, uh, wondering how long, and I I said this before, I'll never say Cam is getting old, but how long can Cam play this amount of snaps that he's currently playing in this, at that position? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not struggling. It's, it's gas. It's a little gas right now. It's probably where I would put it, DK. You know, like it's, it's a few guys I feel like just are missing in a sense as far as, plays being made or whether that's pieces i just looked up cam has played has played 71 percent of the defensive snaps that's a crap ton man which means you don't have a whole lot of depth i like to say cam don't trust people playing in his positions but if you leave cam out of a game it's a totally different ball game too let's be real about that yeah i think we have a couple of guys that we can discuss in that same context moan because you know yeah, if you have Cam out there at whatever percentage he's playing with whatever issues he has, and of course he has to right. at, at this point in the season. Everybody does. And then you have TJ, who is even getting a special mention from Mike Tomlin in his press conferences as being pretty beat up. That's not something that tends to come from the head coach's mouth. He'll just say that we're dealing with the uh, – you know. Bruises and bumps associated with AFC yeah. North football or whatever it is that he says. Okay, but it's never it's it's never just oh yeah TJ played hurt, and he yeah. said that to us after uh, the game in Atlanta Sunday, and I, that caught my attention right away. I was like, wow, really? Yeah, Not that TJ was hurt, but that he that he <clears throat> just was that forward about it. Well, if you know him like we do, and of course we had this conversation yesterday about you know what's the meaning of what the, some of the things Coach Tomlin say. As we speak about those videos, and this to me, DK uh, says he said that out loud for a bunch of guys that's behind him too. Like somebody mm-hmm. else has to step up. Alex Highsmith, love it, man. You're doing your thing, but what do we have beside Alex? Like where is Malik Reed at? Where is the production on your side? Where are we at as far as linebacker capability as we watch a guy, you know, Miles Jack try to fill in roles like – and that's what it really feels like as I said that. It feels like a bunch of guys trying to fill in roles that – I don't think DK are just long hangovers for this team. Long layovers. Like, I don't think some of the players that we're watching is long-term here in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's the way it feels. So for him to bring up something like that with TJ lets you know, one, yes, TJ is Superman on Sundays, but he can't be that if he's achy. I kind of thought that anyway, though, DK, because I was just like, whenever you come back from an injury like his and then you get into the threshold of physicality that he plays with, you're forever chasing the rest of that year. Yeah, you're compensating too. You're compensating. you're compensating also, whether that be okay, it's not the shoulder, but now it's my back hurting a little bit. 
you know, or, or something else where I won't use this shoulder, so I'm going to strain more on my lower body. There's a lot of that that's going on, I would feel like, with TJ. If you have a guy like Coach Thomas say something like that, and I think we all knew he was going to be on a pitch count anyway, but who, DK, if I ask you, has actually risen to the occasion on this defensive side of the ball? Uh, I'm making an outstanding up. game. Minka, I, I know but Minka that's not, but that's not it. rising. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you Who, know what he's gonna I, do. I, I, can, I feel like we can throw Cam Sutton out there. He's been almost as steady, but it's not necessarily like the level of play that you're wanting at those positions at time. He had a good one this past game, but who's actually DK? You evaluate and say, yeah, they've been taking steps. Well, That's since, the issue. Since the bye, since the defense was declared to be somewhat prematurely healthy. Again, right. And it's not. Okay, it's just not. There's a bunch of guys that are banged up over there, most notably TJ. Yeah. Uh, as you said about Cam, you still want TJ on the field because he's still going to do more for you positionally and every other way than Malik Reed is. OK, yeah. so you, you want him out there, but at the same time, you want the TJ. Yeah, you expect you to get. And is there, if there's a guy that's like leaped up where you say, hey, but at least this guy rose up. Uh, I'm going to be honest here is you, you threw Alex Highsmith into that because of his sack total, I think, for the year. OK, but did you see Highsmith really rise up? In no, <laughs> no, I, I mean, no and no. Yeah. So, I mean, now the Falcons have a different type of offense, so you weren't going to be chasing sacks in that game anyway, because you have a yeah, Mariota back there and, and B you have, you know, they run the ball a hundred times a game. So it's, right. a, it's, a, it's a different challenge. You're trying to set an edge more than you are rushing off the edge. But I, I just, there, there's a lot about this defense that feels like they could use another bye week but instead, <laughs> they've got Baltimore coming, and 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 it's going to be just uh, once again, just everybody just gets thrown into the pile. And you know what? As well, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Baltimore here in a second because it is Ratbird Week. Okay, it is. We'll, <laughs> we'll not ever get away from that. But this is also two teams, man. They got the same issue this week. You, you got Huntley, who's going to be at quarterback for them in the sense as a backup role type of guy, not Lamar Jackson in the sense potentially of passing. So that means a very physical game up front. That's what you're faced with this weekend. And I think that's where Coach Tomlin kind of dropped that little bird seed out there to be like, hey, <laughs> if y'all ever going to do anything to help this side of the ball. Try now. We got Baltimore, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> intrigue me somewhere. You know how he does the little stance with his hands out? Show me something. Like, that's where I felt like he was – it was outsourcing in a sense, I feel like, DK. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with being truthful and honest when you got that type of reality in front of you. And we spoke about this recently, too. It's the idea that, look, you're closer to 500 than you ever have been. <laughs> and if you can catch Baltimore down – you really find yourself in a, a really good situation for the rest of the season. Just you split one with Cincy, split another one before it gets to that point. Why not this week, dog? You know, you know, I mean, I think that's what's got to happen here. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's Baltimore. Yeah, they're not as good of a team when they don't have Lamar Huntley's so, had his success against Pittsburgh. So this is this is a good time for that. And so, let's name a name. Let's pick somebody. Who do you want? Who who would you most want to see rise up here, Moan? Miles Jack even more. I Miles would throw Jack. Devin Bush out there. 
but I don't know if that's necessary. And this is the reason I throw Miles out there a little bit more, though, DK. This is going to be a short, short ball type of game. You got to be able to tackle. You got to be able to get the tight ends over the middle. You got to be able to close out on the on the mobile quarterback nah, this week. This is good. I'm worried about Miles because he's got the knee injury that he's playing through. DK, uh, you put yourself out there. It's Baltimore, I know it's Baltimore. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal somebody you mentioned earlier uh, for my own for my own choice, and that's gonna be Cam Sutton. Okay. Uh, in That's in fair. my eyes, and I know in his eyes, Cam Sutton can be and occasionally is an impact player. This would be a wonderful week to see the impact version of number you twenty. It. You know, uh, when we come back, more football. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. You know, one thing I don't like to do as a reporter or someone who's covered the team for a long time is is take patterns and extend them over long periods. Like, they'll say, oh, the Steelers never win there, okay, wherever it happens to be, okay, or so-and-so. Never. That stuff generally doesn't matter, okay, because the players change, coaches change. In Cleveland, we had all kinds of stats for Cleveland. Their coaches changed every single year. So it 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 it, it – I guess to an extent it matters, but not really that much. Couldn't gather enough with them, I guess. The one that the one that never stops flooring me though is Pittsburgh versus Baltimore. That in the Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh era of this rivalry, that they have now played sixteen one six games decided by three points or less. Most of them decided by exactly three points. It's the craziest thing. It's crazy. How? How does this happen? And it happens, Moan, too, even if the other guys are one team or another is badly beat up or is yeah. missing a quarterback or Charlie has to come in <laughs> or, or whatever. Do you know Dennis what I'm saying? Dixon. Yeah. Dennis Dixon. Okay, yeah. and, and it's like it doesn't matter. No matter what they do, it ends up being separated by this much. There is about in that, and I, I recently looked it up, about two or three years, three years max on either side either side where there was a, a blowout maybe. Uh, 2019, my last year, they beat us, they swept us, okay? 2018 and then 26-23 in overtime. In overtime, Even DK. In overtime, it's three points. And over, do, do we have time to, to go through just a couple of these just to give reference to what we're speaking of? It's your show. Can I just do just a little? Because even I'm intrigued. Like, no, what? And I was crazy. I played it and I didn't realize what it was, man. 2009, my, my uh, rookie year, overtime loss to the Ravens, 20 to 17. Next time we see them, 23 20 Steelers. 2010, we split regular season. Steelers won first game, 13-10. They, we ended up uh, losing to Baltimore, 17-14. And then in the playoffs, this was one of those off ones, 31-24. Okay? Baltimore's got us in 11-35-7. The second game, they got us 23-20. Now, here we go. It starts to get weird, okay? Uh, 2012, Steelers won, 23-20. Baltimore won the next game, 13-10. 2013, Ravens, 22, Steelers, 20. The next game, 1916, DK, what is this all about? <laughs> I know what it is. What is this all when, about? 
when the Browns moved to Baltimore, they created their own image. Yeah. Okay. They they changed everything. They didn't keep any obviously they weren't allowed to keep the, the team's nickname and everything. So they started from scratch. Edgar Allan Poe and the Raven and all that other stuff. And they got <laughs> dark, nasty looking uniforms. But Brian Billick and everybody who was with that organization at the time, who were the spirits, yeah. Ozzie Newsom and everybody else, they, they they're really reluctant to admit this to this day, including the people who run the Ravens right now. I love it. That they began with a pattern of looking at the Steelers. How are they doing things? What's well? It's continuity. It's about respect. It's about a family thing. Uh, act like a raven. They say stuff like this. It's on their walls. What the hell does that even mean? Act <laughs> like act like a raven. Okay, uh, you're part of the. When you come in this building, it's part of something special. You're part of the. And the, the only other team in the NFL that was talking like this was the one here. Okay, Us guys. Yeah. So they were so close to the enemy that they decided to just basically take them on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take them on. And they did it. There was a, they were running, they were physical. They were built principally on a couple of defensive guys and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And there's Ray Lewis. Uh, He's your modern day Jack Lambert and Saragusa. Uh, and and all those guys, all those badasses. And and even in that same era, look on the other side of that too. Joey Hamp. You know what I'm saying? Like, very, like uh, the, even what guys before them. Like, what collision. Uh, offensively, same thing. Oh, you got a bus? Let's go get a Jamal Lewis. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all of those things. You got a Marvell? Okay, let's let's go get uh, Ogden. Like, it's all of those things really are. Oh, my gosh, GK. You the, really the, opened my so, eyes. So, the similarities that are here, uh, including who was it that, that uh, punched Ben in the nose? I mean, one of the most prominent guys. Nada. Slip it. Nah, no, Haloti Nada, but no, the, the, no, the nutcase that played on the edge. Oh, uh, uh, uh Suggs. Yeah, Terrell Suggs, right? Suggs, Suggs, Suggs. <laughs> who, who actually was there at the game in January that the yeah. Steelers played. He came out and do the did the crowd revving up. Of course, and he did. and you're what, and you, you you see the way these guys came together, and it felt so Steelers ish. Yeah, and then. Then they did the thing, and they won. And that's yep. when you cross the line from being a team that has a nemesis to a team that has a rival. Yes, sir. And none of this has led up, from obviously from Billick to Harbaugh, absolutely no let up. And when you run into each other, yeah, although the games aren't as ridiculous, Ridiculous as they were when you were playing. I thought people were going to die in those games. Yeah, Yeah, I thought people were going to die in some of those games. Look it up if you don't know. Oh, so even now, though, and even this coming Sunday, this game is going to be separated by three points, and it's going to be a beautiful thing, even if it's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? and, and and even in some of our ugliest years, man, I go to my last year. We like legitimately, man. Uh, Nineteen Ravens win twenty eight ten, and then the nat the my last game was a loss to them in overtime, twenty six to three, on a bad team. Okay, like l- l- DK, it's it's almost creepy to how close it is it's like hey little bro meet big bro and big bro is starting to fight back a little bit in the sense like not that you and nobody's ever willing to give up the edge and that's what it is it's it's one of those series man to where (laughs) 
I think I said this last week, like there's really no talking behind this. No. The one that'll stand out for me forever, believe it or not, in, in terms of exemplifying what we're talking about here, will always be that COVID game at Heinz Field. Remember the one that got delayed like eight yeah. times? Yep. And then the Ravens ultimately had to play with like 25 NFL players? Yeah, I okay? remember. And you're thinking, this is going to be like varsity versus JV. This is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I'm actually fearing for the Ravens' health. <laughs> what ends up happening? It was a football game. Why? Because the culture of both teams is such that, like you said, there's no yeah. giving an inch. Why am I saying this? You're the one that was on the line against these guys. Did you yeah. ever feel like, oh, no, they're, they're just – they're just bagging it in this game. Never felt that way. And, and and this is the thing. If you ever let one slip, you were going to lose. Like, don't let go of the line. If we It was years we knew we had the better team, but we never looked at them like they were a bad team. Mm -mm. Never looked at them like they were a bad team, man. And I'll say this, too. Just a correlation of all things you've had from Ozzy, right, being their GM, to Kev, being their GM to two head coaches that specializes in two different things. Coach Tomlin defense, the Ravens special teams. Look at how those things amplify each other to this day. Ravens special teams, some of the best in the NFL. Steelers defense has historically under Mike Tomlin been one of the best in the leagues too. And let's say this, let's be honest about this too. Both coaches by the fan bases are held at the flame more often than any other coaches in the league. Harbaugh about true. three, four years ago. Remember the conversation with him? He was so fired. He was gone. Yeah, he was so fired. Coach Tomlin conversation is always, mm -hmm. well, oh, it's time for change, right? Mm -hmm. and, and lo and behold, those guys, man, find ways with those organizations and players and types that they go get to kind of punch through a wall. You said it the other day. Coach T is looking at you like, I hadn't did what? <laughs> <laughs> On January 9th of this calendar year, the Steelers finished their regular season in Baltimore. Uh, ben Roethlisberger basically put himself into the game, even though the Steelers, you know, had kind of a longish shot and whatever else there. And, and, and Ben goes out there and the Steelers win the game. And afterward, Ben stands up in front of the, that weird locker room that the Ravens have purposely designed to have all yeah. these walls in it so you can't look at each other. Okay, yep. yeah, yeah. That's, that's who they are. And Ben says, this feeling that you have right now, never let it go. There is nothing like coming here into this stadium and beating the Ravens in Baltimore. And you can imagine those guys who were – you know, the young guys, the, the Pat Fryermuth, who had 53 receiving yards that day, those guys would be able to carry that and carry that over to the next gr next group of Steelers. By the way, Moan, know the score of that game? Uh, it's 19-16 or something? 16-13. Three 16, points. 13. Exactly three points. Oh, 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 in overtime. In overtime. The whole that you know what? Nah, that's that's it. That's the series. <laughs> when wow. we come back, the only segment that matters. Hey, mom. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. At the request of Ramon Foster, he for whom the show is named, we're gonna delay a little bit. 
the Hey Moan segment because he wants to go a little bit deeper into this AFC North thing. This is something that we talked about off camera here. It, it is, man. And I have to because I feel like this is what you guys come here for, too. Mm-hmm. It's two wins in the North that mean a lot, okay? And one specifically, but two when you categorize it, okay? Or it's situational. Winning, as you said in the last segment, Ben, right? Okay? Letting everybody know. This feeling right here, winning at Baltimore. I'll be honest with you. We won at home against the Ravens. Man, that's business as usual, okay? We got the crowd. We got Renegade. We got everything that you need to happen. We're at home. I ain't going to say we're supposed to win because it's those types of games. But you leave out of there, go to your car, and you're like, oh, that was good. But if you win at Baltimore, you got to walk out of that stadium you guys are in there interviewing us and everybody got a smile on their face and you're saying to yourself legitimately we walked into the pit today and we got a dub and you know that everybody in that stadium probably except for one percent was rooting against you you see it on the bus ride in i'm nervous at the hotel eating the food there okay i pick and choose the places i'm gonna go to the city to have dinner with the guys it's real close to the team hotel is what i'm telling you because i don't know how they're gonna act in baltimore because everybody there hates you the other game go ahead all i was gonna say is baltimore is the one place in the division where you don't show up and say, hey, the Steelers fans really traveled well. <laughs> it's purple. It's purple. It's purple. Or pitch black. One or, or the that. other, right? Yeah. The other place, and this one's situational. The other place you love to win at the North is in Cincinnati when they think they're good. <laughs> and y'all know what I mean by that. <laughs> I'm hearing crap from a Cincy fan that beat us in, in Hinesville a few days ago, uh, or he's bragging about the last game. I'm like, you idiot. Don't you realize we split ten, split games this year? And yeah. not only split games, we had a rookie court. No, we had Mr. Trubisky in. You idiot. That's why you're Cincy. <laughs> so that's why it's always good to go beat them on the road. And then we started getting into that deeper conversation about when they're good, DK, mm-hmm. and some of the survival of winning at Cincy because they can't handle – Okay, expecting to be good and then still getting beat by us. Like, it's hostile in that environment when you beat them, when they know they have a good team. In the Vontez, Pac-Man, Geno era of Cincinnati defense and all those guys, uh, the games were, I mean, they were dangerous. They were. Yeah, they they were dangerous. And I, that part I don't even say with a joking thing or whatever. There was stuff that was happening out there where you you looked like people were going to get killed. Yeah. And and the reactions off the field. <laughs> In the this this part, Moan, I have to share this one a lot. Go ahead, because, please, man. You actually your your actually your voice on this one wouldn't count because you would just sit there. Like this at the end of the one line of stalls in the middle of the room. I remember where you were sitting and you were just, you were like collecting yourself or somebody would come and interview. Somebody else would come and interview. I knew better. And and you're just giving these zombie answers and whatever. But to your After left, wins at that. After, after wins. wins. Why? Because what you weren't saying was what everybody else was. At the far left of your, you know what I'm going to say here. At the far left of your row was one Marcus Gilbert. And Marcus would come in, and he's still playing, yeah. okay? Yeah. He's still – he's ready to knock somebody's head off. Yeah. And 
I'm having fun because I, I love the guy. And I, 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 I have no problem approaching him in this mood. Like nobody else was coming near him, right? And I, and I go up to him and I just go, yeah, yeah. Like I get him on, right? And, and he goes, when he cools off a little bit, he goes, what was that? Like, no, you didn't say the, it right. What, what the, okay, yeah, what the, go ahead. What the bleep is that? <laughs> what was that? What the F was that? That's what we all were saying. Across now, across from you, there is a there's another row of stalls over there, and that's where uh, David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva were. Yeah, BJ Finney, Uh, Cody Wallace, those guys were on. Those guys were over there. You and Marquise and 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 Gil over here. Okay, so on that side, I go over to those guys, and Dave is the one going, "What did we just do? Like, what was that?" And here's Al, who's sitting there going, yeah. And I'm thinking, Al, you did combat, man, in Afghanistan. You blew people's heads off. And you found this to be a challenge? This this was the thing that floored you, man? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Al's picking off Taliban, and he comes comes back over here, and it's like Bengals. Yeah. But but that showed you what it was, and that's why I say getting a win there when they when they think they're good. Oh my, it's nothing better because you're, you're getting their all. Like there's a, a section in which they run TTs for no other particular reason than to try to beat us up. They would go forward. I have Gino on me, right, and I have Dunlap just coming in and uh, just earholing me to the side. A Ramon sandwich. You see what I'm saying? And we get the block off because we were a pretty good offensive line, but it was still just one of them like, damn, is this like, I get it. I know you want to win, but you hate me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Or you have a guy that was one of the rotational guys that was just a super agitator, Wallace Gilberry. He come in with no other intent other than just getting the P, uh, getting the uh, personal foul and, you know, one of those don't be around the pile helping your, your running back up because he gonna chip you in your back and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, Marvin had no problem with them taking fifteen either. No, that's the great unspoken in that. Marvin had no problem with it. I, and, and then you couldn't react. I ended up getting like a fifty-seven hundred dollar fine because I'm walking back to the to the to the to the huddle, and Vontaze Murphy is around and he steps on my shoestrings and rakes his cleats against my shoestrings. To untie them, DK, I got on gloves. <laughs> my fingers were taped up like this. My fingers were double taped. I couldn't reach down and tie up my shoe. So what I do? Hey, M. Alpha, I go back and I step on his feet back, and lo and behold, I get caught because I'm unsportsmanlike on film by the NFL. I get yeah. a $5,700 fine, but I'm just like, the emotional aspect of playing that game, you had to really – sees like your emotions and your intent though man but yeah I know that all. yeah Woo. yeah yeah but hang on a second you're not Go getting off that, you're not getting off that easy oh, i am not letting i am not letting the viewers slash listeners of the ramon foster show think really that's all ramon ever did in these games was get a fifty seven hundred dollar fine for having somebody for stepping on perfect's foot <laughs> no. no because no. see the thing is moan i was there i watched these games and yeah. they brought out Dark moan. Yeah, they did. They did. They they brought it out. You a see lot how the whole show got silent as soon yeah. as I said dark moan? It was like <laughs> the, dun dun dun. <laughs> the intent wasn't right though. 
You know, like those games were more than personal. I know we got Baltimore week, but like we're speaking about how to win and like the AFC. And I guess the separator, what the respect factor was. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it, it was Everybody more or less. Say that. We respected was, the Ravens. We didn't respect the Bengals was, was what you would say. Because it was low class. Low class. I love that. I'm going to be real. I think Dunlap's a solid dude. I think Geno's a very solid dude. And to an extent, that's about as far as it go. Pat was was pretty good, too. Big Pat, he was pretty good at times. And their older group before they transitioned to the perfect era was good. And truthfully, Pac wasn't bad. But if Pac hated you, Pac-Man, he hated you. And he, me and him actually have a relationship. So I, I know you do. I so I have to it. watch what I say about him. I'll, Pac know who he is. Okay. And I know who Pac-Man is. Don't let that ever misconstrue anything that goes on. Like, Pac know exactly what it is. And uh, with, with respect. So I, that's just where I am with them. But with, with them in that era, it was more low class on how they did it with us. We watched film and they're playing against the Jaguars. Like, who the hell is this team? Like, and I, I remember telling some of the young guys, like Hub had to start in one of those games. Chris Hub. I said, Hub, don't let this fool you. Don't let this film right here fool you about what they doing. When they play us, it's going to be different. Compose yourself. Understand that we can't take away, especially if we're on the road over there. No, it was it was dark, DK. It wasn't one of those things to where we're just playing a game. Uh-uh. It was, you got to go to the slums to play them. Let us fulfill our fiduciary obligations here. Oh, we got to do that. Okay, okay. Remember, this okay. was the Hey Moan segment. Like, we didn't even do it. Ooh, okay, so, okay. so this is brought to you by this segment. Our friends at the Getco Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item, where three expert sh- held up a two, where three <laughs> expert chefs fine tune every detail, so that every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability. Order your favorite entry at Getco Cafe and Market, including on their app today. Better believe it; it's going to come today. From we're going to keep this one tight. From Dan Corwin, who says, "Hey, Moan." I love the dub this weekend in Atlanta. Regarding Deontay, could the play calling be influenced by the fact that he got paid? Is return on investment something that drives schemes? I've heard you discuss Coach T running the wheels off the backs, but why would they keep targeting a guy who drops the ball all the time? Uh, I think it's from the conversation we had the other day about Deontay went and talked to somebody about getting more balls. So guess what happens? He got more balls. That's a part of it. I, I I remember when I said this, and you weren't on board with me then, DK, about that. But I think that's simply what it was. I, when I said that, it wasn't necessarily a Deontay issue. It was more or less a Matt Canada issue. It was more or less, hey, you got a young quarterback in Kenny Pickett that's going to do what the older guy tell him to, right? And remember, we had the conversation about Ben. Like, Ben got to a point, yeah, yeah, whatever, you need me. And it wasn't necessarily that, but that's how you got to operate, right? Why am I going to be uncomfortable in my job? When it's my job, it's only one football, and I got to satisfy everybody else. Does the check mean a little bit to Deontay as far as his balls coming his way? Yes, it does in a sense. But Deontay probably got those because he went and talked to Matt Cannon about being more involved in the offense. Let's do this again tomorrow, Moan. Yeah, it's Ravens week. (laughs) 